listening to Setting Course, an ABS podcast. Join us as we navigate the latest trends, developments, and challenges facing the rapidly evolving maritime and offshore industries. Catch every episode at www.eagle.org and podcast platforms everywhere. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm John Snyder, Managing Editor of Riviera Maritime Media, and I'll be your host. Decarbonization continues to be a focal point for shipping, and one of the compelling alternative fuels being considered is ammonia. However, it also has its challenges. Today, we're going to discuss ammonia as a marine fuel and some of its those challenges with Renee Larson. Renee is the Director of Fuels and Technology at ABS. Renee, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, John. So, uh, Renee, let's jump right into it. Uh, tell me a bit about ammonia. Why is it being considered an alternative fuel for shipping? Yeah, it's uh, it's quite obvious that the, that the, the shipping is going to be uh, carbon neutral in, in 2050. That has uh, just been agreed with within IMO. And, and we are now targeting uh, solutions within shipping where we're going to use uh, carbon-free fuel or carbon-neutral fuel. And then uh, ammonia comes up as a, uh, an attractive uh, alternative to, to other uh, carbon-neutral fuels like uh, methanol, LNG, that also can be produced uh, without any impact on, on CO2 emissions because it does not require any biogenic carbon for production. Uh, it comprises uh, just uh, nitrogen and, and hydrogen in its molecule. Uh, and therefore, it can basically be produced from, from renewable electricity, uh, either from, from solar or from hydropower or from, or from wind. Um, so it's, it's, uh, in terms of combustion, then uh, there will not be emitted any uh, carbon from the combustion, and therefore not any any CO2. So when a ship owner has uh, or using ammonia on board, he can basically not do any more in order to eliminate the CO2 emissions. So this is why it's it's getting very interesting for for ship owners to use uh, ammonia as a, as a fuel. Now you you spoke about ammonia being produced from renewable sources, uh, but Today, most of the ammonia is not produced that way. No, today, <clears throat> ammonia is being produced from uh, either methane or, or coal in a, in a steam reforming uh, process where methane is turned into to hydrogen and then CO2 is, is emitted uh, to the air. Uh, nitrogen is being captured uh, from the air. Uh, 78% of the air is, is nitrogen, so it's actually easy to, to capture C, uh, nitrogen for the production of, uh, of, of ammonia. Um, the technology for production of uh, ammonia is uh, the Harbour-Bosch process, <clears throat> and that was invented in, in 1913. Uh, and came in uh, commercial operation uh, approximately 20 years after in 1930. So this Harbour-Bosch process uh, is an old technology which is uh, fully optimized. And this is the same process which is going to be used today in order to produce renewable uh, uh, ammonia based on renewable electricity. But of of course, one of those the challenges then is is getting enough renewable electricity to to produce the green ammonia. Yes, and that's that's the huge uh, challenge it is to to scale up uh, electricity production. 
Uh, I will say that um, if you look uh, around and, and, and see what is announced in terms of uh, green ammonia project, uh, then we have uh, gathered all announcement and, and found that approximately 130 million tons of green ammonia is going to be, be produced in, in 2030 to 2035. And that is, uh, that is a significant amount. Uh, if if the whole shipping is uh, going to use uh, green ammonia as a fuel, it will use it, it should use around 580 to 600 million tons per annum. So it, it corresponds approximately to a little less than a third of of what is needed for the total total shipping, and that will be available probably around uh, 2035, 2040. Uh, those those quantities there. So, but of course. Um it could also be blended uh, as a, a you know as the fuel becomes available, the green ammonia becomes available. It could be blended as part of a, a decarbonization strategy. Yes, um, if if you are looking at the at green ammonia, then the, the production cost compared to to the ammonia we use today, which we call either grey or, or or brown, depending on how it is produced. Then the cost will probably be uh, two to three times more expensive in the future. So there will be a, it will have a big cost impact for for the ship owners to use this uh, this fuel, um, and that can be mitigated uh, by using uh, a blend where you blend in uh, fossil-based ammonia into the green ammonia. But you can also perhaps use a, a cheaper alternative, uh, the same uh, fuel which you are using today, which is. Uh, very low sulfur uh, fuel oil uh, in the beginning, and then have intermediate operation on on ammonia. So your period is operating on ammonia, and a period is operating on on very low sulfur fuel oil. Very low sulfur fuel oil is probably a better option compared to to green or uh, to to grey uh, brown ammonia. Production of um, uh, brown or grey ammonia is emitting something like sixty percent more CO2 than uh, fuel oil. So uh, to use that as a fuel is, is really not an alternative. It will just uh, increase the problem that, that we are in. Right. So uh, current uh, uh, ammonia has a, a worse uh, carbon footprint than a very low sulfur fuel oil. Yeah, that's that's clear. Uh, simply because that the the, the harbor boss process and the steam reforming process you're uh, you're using there requires energy, uh, and and that is emitted directly to the air. So there's a energy loss in this uh, process. If you compare to using methane directly compared to steam reforming and and harbor boss process, then it's uh, clear that uh, it's a much more energy efficient to use uh, this form of, of energy as a fossil fuel instead of ammonia. Uh, today, ammonia is, is being used uh, in, as a fertilizer. It's, it's also being used as a refrigerant uh, in cooling system on, on fishing uh, ships and also fish, fish factory. So it is actually already available in, in some, on some ships in the Indian room. And there is uh, codes and regulation in order uh, on how to deal with this uh, ammonia on board, uh, on board ships. Now, Rene, what, what kind of propulsion technology are we talking about in using ammonia? I, I've, I see uh, Wartzilla, for example, has announced a, an availability of an ammonia 
a dual fuel engine uh, in the four-stroke category. And um, uh, WinGD and, and MAN are, are discussing their uh, two-stroke uh, alternatives, which will be released in, in the near future. Yes, this this is what we are going to see, first of all. This is the, the four-stroke engines, uh, uh, which is coming up from, from Vertel, as, as you said. Uh, and also, also the two-stroke engine manufacturers, they will also uh, be delivering engines that can operate on ammonia. Um, the question is, what, what kind of technology should you use for, for combustion of ammonia? And uh, if you compare to the use of LNG, there's uh, two ways to go there for for engine manufacturers in order to develop uh, those engine systems. It's a so-called autocycle uh, type of uh, combustion uh, that can also be used for, for, for combustion of uh, ammonia. It has some, some disadvantages, but it certainly also has some, some advantages. The overall uh, engine system will be less efficient with the autocycle, basically. Autocycle is uh, where you premix air and, and fuel uh, and you compress it within the engine system, and then you ignite it when you have the piston in, in top dead center position. Uh, the alternative is a diesel cycle, and here you have a high pressure uh, of the fuel being delivered to the engine, and you inject it while you have your piston in top dead center position, and then you have an ignition with, with a pilot fuel or a spark, and you'll get the a uh, much cleaner uh, combustion uh, without any, any fuel slip with, with the diesel process. Uh, the disadvantage with the diesel process is that you need a high pressure of the fuel being delivered uh, to the engine. And for ammonia, we are talking about uh, 600 bar uh, supply pressure. And you will have uh, need to develop uh, pumps that, that is delivering this kind of uh, supply pressure for, for the engine system. Um, and then they have a cost. So the alternative is to go to the autocycle, which only require uh, a pressure in the between 5 to 15 bar uh, supply pressure. And that's a lot cheaper to develop uh, pumps and uh, compressors for, for, that, for that purpose. On the other hand, you can expect with the autocycle that you get uh, uh, more fuel slip. And for ammonia, this is an issue because um, ammonia is, is, is toxic and you cannot emit that from the exhaust gas system. So you will need to, to eliminate that in uh, the exhaust gas system. And that uh, can be done by applying an, an SCR system. And SCR is also a, a technology that can remove NOx in the exhaust gas system, but it works on using ammonia. And if you know how much ammonia slip you have in your exhaust gas system, then you can turn this uh, ammonia into a NOx reduction. Uh, so it has, the auto cycle has a cost impact on the after treatment, where the diesel cycle has a cost impact on, on the supply side. In the diesel cycle, you will not uh, be having any uh, fuel slip for, from the combustion. It's a, it will be a clean combustion with very limited amount of ammonia in the so there's not a needed any after treatment for the ammonia slip. Rene, you had mentioned uh, pilot fuel, and um, ammonia has been kind of characterized as a lazy fuel. Could you talk a little bit about um, how much pilot fuel you potentially could need? Ammonia burns very, very slowly, so it's actually best suited for engines that operate with, with a low RPM, and that, that is uh, 
Uh, in particular, interesting for, for two-stroke engines, they operate uh, today with an RPM around uh, 70 to, to 100 RPM. Where if you look at the medium speed engines, they operate in, in perhaps uh, 250 RPM. They are, they're both suited, uh, but uh, two-stroke is, is better suited because they have a long uh, period where it can burn, burn the fuel. Um, in order to ignite ammonia, uh, ammonia have a, a very low uh, CT number. Uh, CT number is the fuel's ability to, to self-ignite. So it would need support from a, uh, from a pilot fuel. And, and the expectation is that the, the pilot fuel for, for the big uh, bore engine will be in the range of uh, 5%. Perhaps in the beginning, it will be slightly higher until engine makers find out how to optimize it. But there is a test result that, that indicate that the 5% can, can be reached. Uh, for Indian operating with a high RPM, it, it's more difficult to, to uh, reduce the pilot fuel. So we, for medium speed uh, engines operating in, in range of two to 300 RPM, we will see a higher amount of uh, pilot fuel, perhaps uh, 10 to 15 uh, or even 20% uh, pilot fuel will be needed for those, uh, those type of engines. So to, to reach that zero emission goal, owners will have to look at uh, perhaps uh, fuels such as uh, biodiesel uh, or, or, or something, on uh, some kind of biofuel. Yes, um, they cannot uh, reach uh, 100% by using ammonia solely. Uh, I think also in the future, we are going to look at uh, uh, well to, to tank emission and also tank uh, well, well, to uh, to wake emissions, where we're looking at the uh, release of uh, CO2 during production, transportation, and use of uh, of ammonia. So we're looking at the f the full chain there, uh, and it's difficult even for for green ammonia to reach the absolute zero. There will still be a, a little uh, amount of uh, CO2 that will be released, and also for combustion, you will have the uh, the impact there from from the use of uh, of uh, diesel. Uh, this can be uh, biodiesel, or it can also be synthetic uh, diesel uh, that can be used to ignite the ammonia. I would say the reason for using ammonia instead of let's say synthetic uh, diesel is that uh, ammonia is is more simple to produce. It does not require the same amount of energy, renewable energy, in order to produce. Uh, uh, an energy unit of ammonia compared to an energy unit of, of diesel. Diesel will probably be using uh, something like two to three times as much energy for uh, for production of the same uh, uh, energy amount. So it's it's a matter about limiting the amount of uh, pilot fuel as as much as, as practical uh, possible. Now, Rene, what what about storing ammonia as compared to uh, traditional marine fuels? Storing of ammonia on the board ship uh, is uh, already taking place uh, today. There's uh, 20 million tons of ammonia which is being transported in in LPG carrier, and and uh, there's uh, 700 LPG carrier out there, which is uh, suitable for transporting ammonia. Uh, so tank system for for carrying ammonia is uh, ready available today. These are the so-called uh, Type C tanks. It's a it's a tank which is designed for uh, for a, a pressure uh, of up to uh, 20 bar. If you 
store ammonia in those tank system, it will remain liquid in, in ambient condition uh, up till uh, 45 degrees. The alternative is to use a type A tank, uh, and these are tanks which is uh, non-pressurized. It is designed for overpressure of 0.7 bar. It, it is uh, supported by a, a secondary barrier, and it's storing uh, the ammonia in a liquid uh, form at minus uh, 33 degrees. Uh, it, it does not take up the same amount of uh, volume as the type C tank. So it's, in terms of volume efficiency, it, it's, it's a more attractive solution. But on the other hand, you will need uh, something to deal with, with boil-off uh, gas coming from ammonia because you store it at, at minus 33 degrees. There's no cooling in the tank system. There's uh, insulation. So it will keep on boiling. And this... Uh, uh, ammonia there uh, in vapor form, it has to be reliquified and, and sent back to the tank system. It seems to be the most attractive uh, solution for the bigger uh, ship types uh, because it's, uh, it's, a, it's a cheaper tank solution and it does not take up the same amount of space as, as the Type C tank. So there's potentially some additional uh, capex in uh, investing in some kind of reliquification uh, technology. Yes, uh, it will have a, a, a relatively big impact on the capex uh, or the investment uh, the ship owners in, is, is putting into a new ship uh, design. Uh, you will need to have uh, both the tanks for, for ammonia. You need to have a, a fuel supply system uh, that is delivering ammonia to the engine system. You will need a bunkering system so you can bunker ammonia. Uh, and you need a vent mass system, and all this is is added cost for the ship uh, for the ship owner. The same also with the engine system. Designing an engine that is able to operate ammonia will will not make the engine system cheaper. Uh, we will expect that uh, there is a cost increase. What what we see now is that uh, it is expected to cost approximately 50% more than a conventional uh, fuel oil engine. So overall, it it is. Uh, significant amount in, in first cost uh, that the ship owner will have to have to invest in order to get a uh, ammonia fueled uh, ship and not only that you're you're looking at increased costs uh, opex costs because of projected price anyway of of green ammonia yes when we come to 2050 uh, then uh, all uh, the ammonia fuel is going to be uh, green ammonia and that will have a, an impact of, of the opex cost perhaps two or three times the cost we see today so uh, it will set a new standard for how we are going to design the ship. All the, uh, the devices that can improve the efficiency of the ship, uh, I will expect that those is going to be implemented on, on the ship design. We can, uh, we can expect to see that there's going to be uh, when assisted propulsion system is, is going to be applied on, on top of the ship, uh, simply because that this can give some reduction in, in fuel cost. There's a better business case for, for this. Uh, there's also systems like air lubrication system, small bubbles that has been injected below the, the hull of the ship that can imp- uh, lower the friction of the ship and give some improvement. Uh, the waste heat recovery system, which is uh, using uh, the the heat in the exhaust gas uh, system, and there's a different uh, other uh, technologies which which can give small improvement: uh, paint and uh, rudders, uh, propellers, uh, 
all those uh, type of uh, solution we, we will expect to see implemented in new ship design. So energy efficiency, absolutely critical. Yes, that's that's for sure. That's that's uh, it's going to be uh, uh, the engineers' uh, centuries, the next uh, two or three uh, centuries here, because we are going to design the ship in in a completely different manner. Uh, the business case move when you are having a, when your fuel cost is is increasing by a factor of uh, two or, or three compared to today. And then suddenly a lot of technology, which is on the on the edge, as as mentioned before, they are becoming attractive to to implement in in new ship design. Now, one one of the challenges we haven't uh, discussed actually is the toxicity of ammonia, and of course um, the safety of of seafarers. I was wondering if you'd talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, ammonia is uh, is uh, heavily toxic. Uh, it is uh, transported today, 20 million tons uh, on, on board LPG carriers. And, and uh, this is uh, taking place over the last uh, 60 years and, and with good result. There's a very few uh, incident with, with ammonia leaks and, and casualties. Uh, but if you have a, just a low amount of uh, ammonia uh, being released on, on board the ship, if it's above uh, 300 ppm, it can have a critical impact uh, on on your your health. So this should absolutely be avoided. Ammonia in small quantities, uh, 5 ppm, is not dangerous, and, and even up to 50 ppm is not dangerous. Uh, and it's easy to smell. And and uh, the recommendation is if you can smell ammonia, then move away from 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 the area there. Uh, but if it's bigger leak, uh, then the, the seafarers, they will not be able to smell it immediately. We need to have a safety, safety system which is uh, uh, detecting uh, leaks. We need to have a implementation of a system that can turn ammonia vapor, ammonia liquid into, into a water ammonia solution. Uh, which is not dangerous, and then send that to uh, to a drain system. All these systems is, is not today being developed and is going to be implemented. Uh, the target for for many of the projects where uh, ABS is is uh, involved in is to to collect ammonia vapor in case you have a leak there, uh, and then uh, get it away in in a safe manner and store it in in a, in a dedicated tank system. Uh, same same also with with liquid uh, leaks. And then on board, uh, there's supposed to be also a protection system for, for those who work there in, in case there is a leak and they have to do maintenance on, on that part. Uh, then there will be uh, mask, uh, gloves, uh, glasses and, and, and uh, suit, which is able to withstand liquid, uh, liquid ammonia so they can uh, be sure that there's no harm for them. So still quite a bit of, of work to do on ammonia, but things are progressing. Absolutely. Uh, we see already now, if uh, we look in the market, there's uh, a number of uh, projects uh, which has been announced, uh, which is going to be, uh, uh, where the ship is going to be fueled by ammonia. as uh, small LPG carriers, uh, and there's a bigger uh, LPG carrier, VL, uh, VLGC carrier uh, up to 80, 90,000 cubic meter. And uh, there is actually also a very large ammonia carrier uh, 
uh, on the way to be designed up to 150,000 cubic meter. Uh, so this will be coming. Uh, ship owners have, have seen uh, the market for ammonia is going to be uh, present in the future. Uh, the areas where green ammonia is going to be uh, produced is areas where there is uh, a lot uh, possibility of uh, building up a lot of renewable uh, electricity production in uh, using solar cell uh, cells and, and uh, wind turbine. And, and these areas is uh, desert area. It's remote areas. It's Western uh, Australia. It's uh, Africa. It's uh, Saudi Arabia, Oman. It's Chile. There's a lot of uh, land there where you can put up these uh, solar farms for production of ammonia. Uh, the thing is that uh, when you have produced it, you have to transport it uh, away in shipping. And, and ship owners that have seen this this market is, is coming. Uh, we from ABS, we have estimated that within the next uh, 10 years, there will be a need for approximately 100 to 200 uh, VLTCs uh, just for transporting the, the additional ammonia coming from, from, the, from this production. So quite an exciting market then. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Renee, with just a few minutes left in our podcast, I was wondering if you had any final thoughts for our listeners. Yes. Um, you can uh, say that if you're looking at ammonia, uh, why, why, when it's toxic, why, why is it uh, needed actually to, to use that on board, on board ship? Um, I'll say in shipping, it's, it's, a, it's a relatively small amount of people who will be in, in touch with ammonia. So, so training those is... Uh, it's it's a task which is uh, is possible to do within a, a relatively short time. Uh, the crew on board will need training uh, dedicated to to be able to handle with a different situation on ammonia. Uh, so we say shipping is is more or less ideal for ammonia. I cannot see ammonia being used in in cars uh, in the future. There will uh, simply be too many people there. It's going to deal with with ammonia. But on board ship, it it seems to to be able to work. And then it does not require uh, any biogenic uh, carbon for production of uh, of ammonia. Biogenic carbon is is uh, is a limited source. Uh, we see it already uh, today that uh, there's uh, the price on biogenic carbon for production of uh, different chemicals is going up. Ammonia do not need that, so it is expected that ammonia is going to be. Uh, Let's say the cheapest uh, alternative fuel uh, out there in, in the future. Well, thank you for, for that, uh, Renee, and, and thanks for joining me today on Setting Course, an ABS podcast. Thank you very much for, for letting me participate. Thank you for joining us today on Setting Course, an ABS podcast. If you're interested in learning more about today's topic or listening to more episodes, visit www.eagle.org.